You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 127. Have you been dreaming of creating a solid marketing routine that will work for your business? It's easy to be swayed into trying all the new things, but today's guest shares the importance of having an e-commerce master plan, one that you develop with facts and figures so you know you're focusing your efforts in the right place. Hi, Chloe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Marie. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Well, tell me about e-commerce master plan, the podcast and your books. How did you find yourself in this field? Wow. Well, that's a long old story. So e-commerce master plan, the business began almost 10 years ago now, which I find very hard to believe, but it did. And it was my escape route from the marketing agency that I was running at the time. And it finally worked, took a few years to get there, but I finally did escape. And it was founded to help e-commerce business owners make better marketing decisions through mixture of inspiration and guidance. And that all began with my book, E-commerce Master Plan. And then since then, it's evolved as I found ways I'm better suited to help e-commerce businesses. And now we have two podcasts and five books and the occasional virtual summit as well. Wow. Well, it's grown quite a bit over 10 years. It certainly has. And it's been a fascinating journey. And did you always see yourself owning your own business? It sounded like you were already working for a firm. What was the thing that made you decide that instead of going into maybe another firm that you were going to go ahead and start your own? Well, this is my second business. So my first business was the marketing agency. And that one I started essentially by accident because I had a job as head of e-commerce for a group of mail order brands. And the guy who I was working for, he wanted to turn what I was doing into a marketing agency. So we, we did that about 10 months in. And it was all very exciting. And then about 12 months in, I realized I actually had a business. <laughs> it, was kind of, it took a while for it to sink in. Right. And, and the longer I've been in business, the less I am capable of being an employee. <laughs> and so what's the biggest difference between your two companies? Well, the running an agency is, it's a tough business model. You, the majority of your your overhead, your costs are human beings, and it's very hard to adapt human beings. If you suddenly lose a client, you can't just sack your team, or you certainly can't in the UK, and you certainly can't if you're a nice person either. Right. And also, you know, scaling up is hard. People are expensive, and for an introvert like me, it is a very difficult business to own because you are as the owner, certainly in the early stages or for for the whole of it, in my experience, you are the one who is in charge of client relationships, team relationships, and new business relationships. There's an awful lot of human beings to have to deal with um, when you are an introvert. So how the new business, or new, I say new, it's nearly 10 years old, how e-commerce master plan is, is different is it was it was it's been built specifically to get away from those things so we operate as a essentially a one person business model 
So there's as much as I love staff, and you know I had some brilliant staff over the years at the agency. Nowadays, it's me plus some freelancers. So, for example, we've just gone through a test of. We used to outsource having the social media written, and we've just gone through a two-month test of me writing the social media, which I've discovered takes just as long as proofing other people's written social media content and has saved me all the money I spent on having social media content written. So you can make quick changes like that when you're not actually, when you're you're using freelancers and consultants rather than using employees. Of course, they cost more per hour, but I think for the flexibility that suits me. And, you know, the business model I run now is you know, the overheads are are a lot lower and a lot more controllable and the margins are higher. So it's, it's a very, very different beast, really. Yes. Yeah. I love that you're able to differentiate the two. It seems like we go into business thinking we want to have more staff. We want more support. We want all of these employees. And then the way you're describing it, it makes so much sense that you are able to have all of that support staff, but maybe it's through freelancers. So it's not the same type of commitment. So that's such a great distinction between the two. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing for me is, is on the introvert front, I used to spend all my, what I call my kind of my people energy on work. And now I spend the majority of my people energy on my life. Yeah. You know, so, so I used to not be able to catch up with anyone in the evenings or see people at the weekends. And now I've got, not every week, but you know, most weeks I've got the balance about right to be, to be focusing my people energy on life and fun not the business isn't fun but getting right. that balance right it's not not just about the financial and the, the the structure side of it but it's also about you know it working for me exactly well what do you feel is the biggest marketing struggle when someone is first starting out oh I, I, marketing for you know startups starting out is just so tricky I, I like to have something to analyze you know, to look at what's working, what isn't working and then change it. So I like to optimize stuff and starting out is just so tricky because there's just that massive white sheet of paper. So I guess to give a better answer and a more useful answer than that, it's for me, it relies on doing a couple of things, one of which is playing to your strengths. So if you're someone who loves chatting, who loves building relationships with people, who who is great at copywriting or who is brilliant at analytics, whichever one of those you are, embrace that as you start your marketing. Because if you're the person who loves chatting and making connections with people, networking and podcast guesting and PR and building relations are probably a really good way for you to go. Running Google ads almost certainly isn't, you know, it's going to be so tough for you to do it and you're not going to enjoy it. So you've got to, you know, really double down on what suits your skill set and what you've got experience in. Because in the early stages, it's not necessarily about which marketing you do, it's about how well you do that marketing. You know, to start getting some traction, to start learning about the customers and where you can find them and how you can sell to them, rather than it being about everyone else is doing this marketing method, so I must do it too. The flip side of that is you really need to try and find a way to invest, be it time or money or energy, in both organic marketing. So that's organic social, SEO, PR, 
networking to some extent, those kind of things. And paid marketing, because the organic is where your profit's going to come from in the future as it builds up. But in the short term, if you want sales fast, you have to pay to play on the platforms that we have around us, you know, whether it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, influencer marketing, Google ads, any of those, they will quickly get you traffic, which not only is going to bring you sales, but it's also going to accelerate your understanding of who your customer is which is one of the crucial things you've got to do at the beginning. Yes. Well, and sometimes we try a certain marketing approach and I think we bow out too soon. We say, oh, oh yeah. it wasn't working, but you know, maybe you only gave it. I mean, sometimes when you put your content out, just one day feels like an eternity, like no one responded to that. But I feel like you have to have um, maybe a, a longer term plan and go into it knowing I'm going to try this for 30 days or three months. And, and I think a lot of times we go running and we say, okay, let's try something else. That didn't work. To all my new and dedicated listeners, you know how much I love sharing tips and shortcuts in business. Today, I'm excited to share this week's show sponsor, Cubicle to CEO. This incredible podcast is elevating the financial footprint of women entrepreneurs through their award-winning podcast of the same name, digital programs, live events, and community of over 50,000 plus. Their mission is to make mentorship more accessible to the masses so all women everywhere can pursue what's possible. As we're approaching the second half of the year, I highly recommend listening to episode 122. It's a concise episode made up of five 2021 clips. This may be exactly what you need to hear to have an amazing second half of the year. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to past income reports on Cubicle to CEO today, plus receive free access to your first $10,000 a month masterclass and a bonus workout by going to our special link, zen.ai backslash handmade CEO. That's zen.ai backslash handmade CEO. Now back to the show. Oh, completely. It is so often the case that when I come across people and they get, you know, they'll say something like, oh, yeah, Facebook ads doesn't work for us. And I'm like, really? You're quite skeptical. <laughs> really? It doesn't work for you at all? What have you tried? Oh, we, we spent £100 a year ago on advertising to people who like toffee. Right. I'm like, you know, do you sell toffee? Well, we sell apples and it was around Halloween. So we figured that would work. And you're just kind of like, really, really? Toffee apples at Halloween? You know, because there's on all these platforms, there's so many different strategies to try, whether it's the organic stuff or the paid marketing channels. So much you need to test and give a go to before you can work out whether it's actually a channel for you or not. And you mentioned you mentioned about content. And that's another another mistake I see people making is they'll go, right, we're going to do one blog post a week. And it's like, actually, you'd be far better off writing one blog post a month and then investing your time in promoting that one blog post multiple different ways throughout the month rather than just creating that one blog post, you know, one blog post every week. Sometimes you have to, to give content the chance to breathe and people don't always do that. I think with the... Um the new with all the platforms that maybe they're not new anymore, but with all the platforms available, I really do think you can draw that one post 
into so many different formats. What you're saying is better than pressuring yourself to constantly put content out there that maybe isn't going to resonate with somebody because it's more or less just filling your page. But having that one really good piece that you could distribute over and over and over, I think makes so much more sense. And it seems a lot easier to to wrap my head around that concept than it is to post constantly. Yeah, and it, it you know, not, it's something which which I kind of speak from an out, from one of my own pain points, which is because we have the two podcasts, both of which are weekly shows, we put out two two podcast episodes a week, and any one of those podcast episodes could give us a month's worth of social media content. But because we need to produce one a week, we never quite shine as much of a light on each individual episode as I think it deserves. So, so yeah, so learn from, from my challenges, <laughs> I guess. Can you explain who you serve and what services you offer? I know you mentioned the podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about those and also your books? Yeah, of course. So our, our audience is anyone running an e-commerce business, which is a terrible explanation because to different people, it means different things. But at the core is someone who's got their own website, like a Shopify, a big commerce, a WooCommerce, a Wix, something like that, that they are selling products via that they may have created themselves or they may have sourced from somewhere else. And they may also be selling on Amazon and eBay and Etsy and other marketplaces, but they've got their own site. And we focus on helping them work out how to grow their sales, how to achieve whatever goals they've got, whether it's fast growth or whether it's um, enjoyable growth or whatever it may be. And we have two, the two podcasts help with different elements of that. So e-commerce master plan is our oldest podcast. That one's been going since 2015. And on it, each week, we have an interview from a different e-commerce business owner from fresh new startups through to some of the biggest businesses, business re- biggest retailers in the world, sharing their story and their journey. And on our other podcast, Keep Optimizing, which we launched last year, um, on that one, each month, we focus on a different marketing method. So it could be email, could be SEO, could be Facebook ads, could be um, organic social And we have a different expert on each week to explore it from a different angle. So you you get a focus on one thing for the month, but we give you different angles on it during the month. So that's the two podcasts, Keep Optimizing and E-Commerce Master Plan. And then they're probably probably worth just focusing in on two of the books, um, two of the most recent ones. Uh, One is called Customer Persuasion, which is all about persuading your customers to buy more at different stages of the customer journey. And then the most recent one, which has sold shed loads of copies. It still still amazes me how many copies we sell of this one, to be honest. I know I shouldn't say that, but it's it's amazing how many people it's reaching and helping. It's called E-Commerce Marketing how to get traffic that buys to your website. And it's all about the key marketing methods in e-commerce and how to approach them. So it's not, this is how to set up your Facebook ads. It's, this is who Facebook ads works for. This is what to consider when you're when you're starting with Facebook ads. This is who it works for. These are the types of strategies you should, you should deploy. And the same thing across the core marketing channels, and then across another selection of marketing channels, which are kind of the less less shouted about, less core ones. And then we've also got a section in there that I call my marketing mantras, which are just things that are true across all of them, that if you embrace and use will improve the performance of everything you do. 
I'm sure that resonates with people because of the difficulty of learning the right way to advertise to your group, your clients, or to whoever your special people are out there in the world. I feel like a lot of what we do is we skip over the homework of finding out who our avatar or our main customer really is. And so it all seems like a big mystery, but even still, there's so much to do behind the scenes that I'm sure that's why that book is on fire. (laughs) I think so. And as you say, you know, about the customers, everything you know whenever there's a problem in any of my businesses and any of this business that that I'm working with the key thing for me is you go back to the customers because one way or another the customers probably have already told you the answer to your problem they've either given you feedback about something or you know if you read through your reviews you'll find it or your customer service you'll find it or if you dive into your analytics you'll find what the problem is you know and, and if you get out there and actually talk to them you may well find the answers to your problems so the answer is almost always with the customers and we should we should pay attention to them a lot more than we already do yeah absolutely what actionable tips do you have for someone interested in developing a solid marketing routine in their small business optimize I suppose. I mean, I think your your point on planning earlier is totally right. You need to actually have a plan, you know, whether it's as simple as we're committing to do X for the next 30 days or whether it's a fully, you know, scheduled promo plan that takes into account everything that's coming up. You've got to start with the plan, but then you have to optimize that plan because no marketing plan in my experience, has ever been implemented in the same way it was planned because things change, you know, be it that, something happens in your world that means you can't put as much time in as you wanted to, or be it that some new new platform comes up or new opportunity comes up, or as we're dealing with at the moment, all your stock is stuck on a shipping container somewhere in the Atlantic. Right. Um, there's there's all these things that happen. So, so you should be reviewing that marketing plan at least once a month to double check what's happening and and just never think of it as being static. And then you should be reviewing the results of your different channels. If they're advertising channels where they're actively spending your money, whether you're looking at them or not, you should be looking in on that at least once a week to see what you can do to improve it and to see what you can do to minimize the damage of any bits that aren't working so well. And on the organic side of things, so the slower burn social media and SEO, be checking at least once a month on what what you're up to. And the other thing I'd say on that is it's as important with those slower burn activities to track how much activity you're doing as it is to track what the results of that activity are. Okay. Well, what is your take on the number of platforms that we have available as small business owners? And how do you deal with that? Or how should a small business owner deal with that pressure of wanting to be on all of them? I mean, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Yes. Uh, just fundamentally a nightmare. But the one of the things, I, I've been in business for, I don't know, 15 plus years now, either working for other people or working for myself. And throughout that time, one thing has always been true. Even back when social media didn't exist, and yes, I started work early enough for that to be true, is that there's so much stuff we could do. The key to success is on working out what you should do. And my my kind of the one the way which in which I found I've made it possible for me to deal with this is by on whatever planning spreadsheet or document I'm using, there is always a tab for not now, maybe later. And 
any really cool, exciting, awesome stuff I hear about, you know, whether it's TikTok or Instagram Reels or Facebook Lives or whatever crazy thing people are talking about at the moment, it's look at it, you know, actually, does that help solve any of the problems I'm dealing with right now? Does that help connect me better to my customers? Does that help me get my product in front of my customers? And not just on the marketing front, this goes on on all sides. And okay, it might, or if it really, really does, then you're going to bring it in now. If it's a question mark, then it's, is it likely to do better than anything I'm already doing? If not, it goes on the maybe later. And then once a quarter, I look at that kind of maybe later sheet and go, is any of that going to be worth testing, testing properly in the next quarter. And if it is worth testing properly, what have we got to drop or how are we going to create more capacity to do that? Because you can't just keep piling stuff on your plate. You know, you can't just one day start, okay, we're going to, we do Instagram. Oh, but TikTok looks cool. Let's do TikTok as well. And then let's do Twitter and then let's do LinkedIn and then let's do, I know, Twitch or something. All of these take more time. So you just have to be a bit brutal with it. But for me, that all starts with having something in my my planning doc, my planning spreadsheet, where I can dump these ideas. So my brain knows it hasn't been forgotten, but I don't need to think about it at the moment. So I can create the brain space for the stuff I should be doing. Yes, that's brilliant. It's so difficult when you know a new platform comes out and it just feels like everybody and their brother is on the platform. And oddly enough, like you said, a couple of months later, sometimes you look at it and think, well, you know, it's kind of fizzled out or maybe the hype is still there, but you realize it really wasn't for your business anyway. But I love the idea of not forgetting about it and just putting it there. And then you give yourself that moment to just breathe and focus on the other things you were working on. Well, yeah. That's- and it, it it's such a, it's so tough. And I really feel for for retailers and for brands in particular, because you are surrounded by and you know, I'm I'm my platforms are as guilty of this as, as many others are, you know, agencies and experts and consultants and podcasters and YouTubers who are trying to tell you about what the next most exciting thing is. There's so much content being produced about the things you could do. It feels like you're not doing enough if you're not doing all of them, but you really are that, you know, the critical thing is to work out what you should do to grow your business. And if you can do that and stay focused on that, you will be very successful. Yes. I feel like you've already given me a ton of really amazing advice. Can you give me a valuable piece of advice that you learned from starting your business? Oh, wow. Gosh, there's so many, so many pieces of advice. I suppose if I share with you the worst mistake I ever made, there'll be some advice in there somewhere. So the worst mistake I ever made was in hiring somebody and I didn't trust my gut. We needed a manager in the agency and mainly I'd hired execs and then promoted them up to manager level, but I desperately needed a manager. Couldn't find one via our normal recruitment channel. So we got a recruitment agency in and the recruitment agency had obviously quite a fee. They found someone, great, he started, he was terrible. But I know, but I convinced myself it was my fault that he was terrible. I just wasn't managing him well enough. So I just continued persisting at this for six months. Nicely, just just past the point where they would no longer give me my money back from the recruitment agency. (laughs) And then had to go through a redundancy process in order to get rid of him. So I had lawyer's fees, all of his salary for six months, 
and the fee from the, from their guys, which cost me somewhere north of thirty thousand pounds, which is about wow. forty fifty thousand dollars. Wow! So trust your gut. If someone doesn't fit in your business, it probably isn't you, and it doesn't even matter if it is you. Change it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is painful. It may be starting from a value, like I've heard so much lately about having the same values or hiring people that have the same values as your business. So maybe not values that you have in particular, but I feel like your business is supposed to have like a certain set of values that's supposed to help differentiate between who's going to work out and who's not. So that's an amazing piece of advice. Yeah, values would have helped. But but also just just on, and and then of course uh, he left and then immediately pretty much every single member of the team turned to me and went thanks for getting rid of him we didn't like him I was like why didn't you tell me oh that's like, funny <laughs> well lesson learned right <laughs> yeah lesson definitely learned <laughs> well Chloe where can we connect with you you can find everything I'm up to at ecommercemasterplan.com you'll find links to both the podcasts there to me on social and other ways of getting in contact and links to the books as well so just ecommercemasterplan.com well thank you so much I really appreciate you being here today oh thanks it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you so thanks for having me on Well, there you have it, my friend, another talented CEO creating clarity with her experience and talent. I love Chloe's approach to marketing and most of all, her initiative in teaching through her books and podcasts. Visit the show notes to connect with Chloe. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 